Hello, and welcome to episode 163 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, coming at you live from Model Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> I guess we're always not that, but from Model Beach, but we're not really live. I guess we're live now, but not now, if you know what I mean. Like now to us, we're live, but not now to them, because they're listening recorded. Like some Bill and Ted's thing. And have you seen the new Bill and Ted yet? No. Uh, me either. I need, to, I need to pay for it. Do you have to go to the theater? Or? No. So they're doing this thing uh, where you can you can essentially pay, I want to say $20 to get it now. Similar yeah. to what Disney's doing with Mulan, where they're doing their premier access thing. But that was like, I think it was 30 bucks for Mulan. You had to have Disney Plus, Disney Plus and pay $30. But if you, I mean, it seems expensive, right? But if you think about going to the movie theater, you're paying, Family of Four is paying at least that plus all the food and stuff, so. It's not a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the way I'd rather do it anyway. Yeah. I'll probably do Bill and Ted. I might do it this weekend. Um, but hey, guys, you didn't tune in to listen to this. You actually tuned in to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast to listen to Hotel Marketing Malarkey and join today with me doing the malarkey and the tomfoolery and the shenanigans, Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. And Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho. Melissa, I am super bummed, but also super excited. Which which do you want to hear first? Uh, give me the bad news first. The bad news is we haven't had a review of our show in a long time. Not one of our ungrateful little listeners that we give out free content to every single week has bothered to go and leave a review in several months. We get some emails. We love the emails. We respond to those, and we appreciate it. But no one, all these people sitting at home, they're not even commuting. They used to have an excuse, right? Because they'd listen to us on the way to the office, so they couldn't really leave a review. But now they're listening to us in their house, and they don't have the the care to go open up their Apple Podcasts app. Let me see how you do it. So you open the podcast app, you click on library right there at the bottom, and then you scroll down until you see the fuel logo, which is a red background, a white circle with an F, flaming looking F in it, with fuel hotel marketing underneath. You click on that sucker, and then you just scroll on down until you'll see the reviews. The 5.0, we have five out of five. That's that's our review score because we're award winning and all that. And then you just hit, I want to add a review, right there. Write a review. It's simple. Very simple. We don't ask for much. I would love it if some people left reviews because that is, my friends, how you can help spread the word and other people can find the show and other people can gain the great benefits from all this free, amazing content that we spout every single week. So please, please, please leave a review. And as always, we will have it read out on the show if you do. So it's literally been since April was our last review. That's not acceptable. This is this is just, this is just not acceptable. So that was, that was my... Um, I do this thing with my kids. They hate it that I call it this because they're 14 and 12. They're not two and three. But I, <laughs> I, I call it the, the boop and the poop of the week. So I, we, we talk about what the good thing was the week and the bad thing was of the week. The boop and the poop. And they get <laughs> mad when I call it that. They say, can we just call it highs and lows? I'm like, no, it's the boop and the poop. But um, that was my poop of the week. You want to hear my boop of the week? Yes. You brought to me the boop of the week this this week, Melissa Kavanaugh, because I, yeah, 
This episode, The Sentiment Study, the ninth edition, volume nine of the Fuel Hotel Sentiment Study that we just published on fueltravel.com slash blog is what we're going to be talking about today. And it is packed full of hopeful, wonderful news. And tell everyone listening at home, if they haven't already opened it up, what was the subheading of, the, of this volume of this study? More people are traveling than you think. And that is the truth. Now, we did do a little teaser to this last week's episode with our stat of the week. We talked about one of these stats. But that's not, not the limit of the good news this week. If, if you are worried about the future of travel, well, my friends, buckle up because we have some good news for you today. There's a lot of positive signs. We were a long way from full recovery. But if you do things right, if you follow the, the, the tools and the tricks and the tips that we give you on this show and, and that you can get out there, you can do just about okay right now. And in fact, we've got clients here that are performing better in September than they did last year. We've got folks that kind of struggled through the summer, but they're now seeing a better fall. We've got folks that did well through the summer and are seeing a better fall. The key is paying attention. And we'll, we'll talk about what you need to be paying attention to, how you can take advantage of that, and how you can maybe have a little bit of business going into the end of this year. So with that said, Melissa... We don't have a newsaroo. We don't have a stat of the week this week because guess what? This entire ab- episode is one big stat of the news of the roo a week. And <laughs> we need a jingle for that. Some mashup jingle. Hotel marketing cannot lose. Here's the stat of the week. Love it. This one was a little bit longer. We've been pushing out surveys to leisure travel study or leisure travel consumers in North America. We've been getting decent sized um, audiences responding to these self um, self-reporting studies, and we are trending this over time. Now, this is volume nine. We've been doing this for about 18 weeks now since the beginning of the pandemic. It's getting really interesting. So if you want to look at this data, we're, we're going to link to it in the show notes so you can follow along, see the pretty graphs. It's fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 163. Or if you just want to go to fueltravel.com slash blog, it'll be right there, volume nine of the sentiment study. You can click on that. So go ahead and open that up. And then let's go, shall we, with number one. So this is the big stat of the week, really. And the number one question we asked was, have you traveled since March 15th, which is really when the pandemic was announced? And 50% of people have said yes. Yes. 50% are waiting to come to your hotel. So, Well, and, and maybe have traveled to your competitor because you've been not paying attention, right? I think that's that's the key. And I, I, I told this story last week on, um, on Lauren's show, but I, I didn't share it with our listeners yet. But my son has been working in the hotel's industry for the first time he's 14 years old i kicked him out of the nest and said you need to go earn a living this summer you need to you know grow up a little bit and and mature and he's done wonderfully he he really has that hospitality bug he's been a a pool attendant at a local um resort and he's done so well that he ended up getting asked to stay on even though he's gone back to school now um they asked him to stay on as a, a front desk agent, he's been helping them out, pitching in on the PBX and all kinds of stuff. So he's at 14 years old, really getting ingrained in the hospitality industry, which I love. And he, he's matured so much. But we, we had this conversation last week um, 
right before Labor Day. Because he used to come home every week uh, or every day early on in the summer talking about these crazy stories about people getting fights, people throwing stuff off of balconies. It was just, it was a rabble that was traveling. And this was back in the early, uh, it's kind of end of May when, when some places started reopening. And it was the people that were traveling back then were risk takers, right? They were younger people. They were probably folks that were unemployed and had a little bit of extra spending money. Um, and they were just were coming and traveling irresponsibly and they, they were just creating problems. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he observed that this, the last couple of weekends, he said, dad, I really think the type of people that are traveling has changed. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we're not having so many incidents. And I, I said, well, why do you think that is? And he said to me, I think we're at the point where normal people are beginning to travel. <laughs> in, 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 I mean, for for a 14-year-old to have that observation and, and that for, you know that for, that foresight or whatever it is to 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 see to connect the dots and say normal people are traveling, I think was indicative of how much he pays attention in the hospitality industry. But I also think for everyone listening at home, it's a really key insight when you couple the fact that 50% of people have tra- and these are travelers that are responding, right? So it's probably not 50% of all people. Is 50% of people that would typically travel. 50% of people have traveled already, and a lot of people are traveling multiple times. It's a different type of travel. It, it tends to be closer. It tends to be shorter. But people are traveling on these little micro vacations multiple times through the summer. And what we're really beginning to see is they're still continuing to do that in a lot of markets beyond Labor Day as well. So this, this is a really exciting stat and a really important insight for you to take from this, that people are traveling. Normal people like you and me, are, well, I'm not that normal, but pe- normal people like you are traveling. You've just got to figure out what they're looking for, what's motivating them, and how can you capture them. But people travel is back in a m- very significant way, at least leisure travel, right? We've got problems with business and group, but leisure travel can be very successful right now if you play your cards right. And to break that down just a little bit, we looked again at age discrepancies just because we haven't done that in several versions of the study. And when we looked at the younger group of people, so this is Gen X and below, 57% had traveled. 7%. Yeah, because we, we know it was the younger people traveling early, right? But it's still high in the older people too. But lots of lots of people are traveling. And keep in mind, like Melissa said, this was this survey went out before Labor Day. Right. And how many people, anecdotally, how many people have you talked to that went on their first trip since COVID over Labor Day weekend? A lot of people I know did. Yeah, not even first. Like we're talking second and third. There's people who typically may take a week-long summer vacation, maybe didn't do that this year, uh, but are probably taking two or three you know, weekend trips somewhere, whether it be to you know, some destination or just to go see family somewhere else. But that 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 long vacation may have been substituted for for shorter getaways. Yeah, and I think it's it because the patterns are changing so much. You know, the assumptions we've made in previous years need to be thrown out of the window. Typically, in a lot of resort sort of repeat destinations, you would have seen like a precipice that happened right after Labor Day. There's a, a massive 
notable drop in demand as kids go back to school and the summer is you know officially over after Labor Day weekend. We're not seeing that massive drop. It, there's a drop, but it's not as big. And that's why we're seeing certain destinations that are actually out before. September is looking stronger this year than it did last year. So you've got to capitalize on this fact. And we'll, we'll look at some other data in a little bit that really confounds this and, and tells us, you know, reinforces that same narrative that people are willing to travel. You've just got to communicate the right thing to them in the right way at the right time on the right channel. And you can compel them to, to travel. So, yeah, I'm excited, guys. It's good. You know what sure, would make me more exciting? Okay. If, if people would leave a review for our show on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> that would make me even more excited. Me too. They should just do it. All right, number two, 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 two. All right, so the next few questions were asked just to people who said that they had respond or that they had traveled during the pandemic. So this one is what was the reason for your recent trip? Was it a planned vacation, a last minute vacation, a business trip, medical, wedding, funeral, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And 50% said it was a planned vacation. But the really interesting and exciting number to me is actually the last minute vacationers because there's more than 30% who said they went on a last minute vacation, which means to me that, you know, you're looking a little empty this weekend. There's, there's plenty of room to give people a nudge to come visit you because people are willing to do a last minute vacation. So says our graph. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a really key insight that, People are willing to take these last-minute unplanned vacations. And, and when we talked about things not being normal, using that knowledge to try to entice people that have been to stay with you either sometime already this year or previous years is a massive opportunity that you have to be, you have to be leveraging your, your own data, right? your database right now to try to entice these people. They're willing to travel. They're willing to... Uh, do last minute unplanned travel, you can take that knowledge and use it to your advantage right now. I got to say, I got a great email from a property in Charleston, which happened to be drive market for us in Beach, that subject line was something like, get in one last trip to Charleston before summer ends or something like that. And it was all about, hey, Come come this weekend. Here's here's a, here's a package. Here's all the things. There's plenty to do. It was a great email and kudos to that property for getting on the ball of last minute drive market travel. Do you want to shout out who that was? That was Emmeline in downtown Charleston. I, I believe you. That's the one you shared with us, right? And they were sharing yes. like here here are all the things that are open, the things yep. you can do. Um, all the stuff that hotels should be telling their potential guests. But yeah, I, I was looking at that and really liked that email as well. It was a great, great email. And I don't often get to say that. <laughs> so kudos to them. All right, moving on to number three. During your recent trip, where did you stay? We wanted to know what type of property people were staying at. Was it a... Hotel slash resort, 
with family and friends? Was it a professionally managed vacation rental, Airbnb, a timeshare, or a campground? And holy moly, everybody's staying at a resort. Almost 60%. That's a lot of people. Yeah, this one was overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And this is interesting, right? Because there's this narrative in in the industry right now that's talking about how well vacation rentals are doing compared to hotels. And I think there's a fear. You know, hotel industry is so odd because we're so fearful of the threat of things like Airbnb and vacation rentals. And we always kind of just, we kind of create the monster ourselves by talking about it all the time, but not really doing a whole lot about it. And so a lot of hoteliers are talking about, well, you know, do, do vacation rentals have an advantage because of the isolation or does VRBO or, or, or Airbnb have an advantage? The majority of people before this, during this, and after this will stay in hotels. But the problem is, or, or the reason that there's this weird narrative going on is because p- folks like Expedia and Booking are, are promoting their data and their data is skewing to the destinations that have a high percentage of vacation rentals because that's the that's where recovery is happening fast. So by nature, what's happening is it's inflating or it's making it look like vacation rentals are disproportionately outperforming hotels and people are drawing conclusions from that that don't really exist, I don't think. What's really happening is the destinations are dictating the, the mix of properties that are getting used. It's not that people think that Airbnbs are cleaner than hotels or safer than hotels. That's not the case at all. And the data proves that when you actually ask people about that. So stop worrying about what they're doing and focus on what you're doing. We know people want to stay in hotels. That's where they are staying primarily. You have a massive advantage over a non-professionally run accommodation because you're professionally managing it. You're cleaning it with professional grade um, cleaning supplies you have trained staff that are cleaning you could be promoting this stuff and you have a massive advantage people want to stay in hotels they are staying in hotels um, so just focus on that so worrying about the noise that's out there from the other folks moving on to number four, 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 four. did property communicate the following to you prior to your recent stay now, we asked this question on our last survey, and when we reviewed the answers to this on our podcast, I kind of went off on a little tirade, and I'm about to do it again. Be forewarned. So, great job overall. Properties are definitely letting their guests know about what's going on in terms of cleaning and sanitizing and all the local mask requirements and all that fun stuff. Guests are pretty well prepared about that before they get on property. What they're not getting information about is local stuff, like the local restaurant statuses and the local attractions and activities. Only 35% knew about the status of local restaurants and 25% for local attractions and activities. And that is terrible. Womp. It is. Can we we do that? the, The question that relates to this at this yes. point, just to show how how silly this is. Yes. So we also asked the next time you travel, what would you want to hear from the property before you arrive? And you know what? Local mask requirements and updated cleaning protocols are at the top of the list. But number three is the open status of local restaurants. Nearly 70% 
said, I want to know the status of local restaurants. I mean, and 60% say local their status of local attractions and activities. So this isn't, it's not that hard to figure out this information and pass it on to your guests via, you know, um, it could just be links from in a, that you put in a pre-arrival email. It could be push notifications through an app. But you know, letting the guests know what's open, what they need to be looking out for, if they have to wear a mask, that type of stuff, is it's not that hard to, to communicate that with your guests and they want to hear it. Yeah. And here's the thing. Most people are saying that they're saying that most hotels are not doing it. So only 35% said that, that have traveled said they got it. But 70% of people want it. That that number, that 35% should be 100%. 100% of hotels should be giving this information because the vast majority of your guests want it. Now, the criticism or the, or the complaint that people give us when they hear this number and they, they push back and start saying, well, we don't have time or it's difficult. How are we going to maintain it? Well, Number one, I would say you don't have to be comprehensive. You don't have to provide information on every every restaurant, every attraction in your market. Form some partnerships that are mutually beneficial with some local restaurants and say, hey, we want to help drive people to you and, and we want you to help us be successful as well. And just call us when there's any changes and have that kind of dialogue. Build, build real relationships with local partners. It's going to yield benefits for years and years to come. So do that. The other thing I will say, which is a an insight into business in general that I learned a long time ago and has gotten fuel, um, a, a benefited us a lot over the years, and that is when something's hard to do or, or it takes time to do it, takes a little bit of effort, that means your competition is less likely to do it, which means you should be more likely to want to do it because if you know your competition's not doing it and you know it's going to benefit your business, it gives you twice as much impetus for you to put in that effort that no one else is doing. So this this is something that, I mean, you could really update this once a week and it would it could take 10 minutes of phone calls where you're building relationships to figure out this information or five minutes of Google searching and you're updating a page on your website and that page is just linked to from your confirmation email. You don't have to change anything in the process of communicating to your guest. It's just making sure that the, the data is up to date. So put in the effort, people. People, you know, the guests want it. You can provide it and it's going to reap benefits down the line. So... Yeah. Do it. If you put put someone in charge of this, is probably the best way to go about it. You know, make someone dedicated to it's it's their job to you know, call the local businesses, find out if anything's changed, uh, find new places to include uh, on on your on your list, making it more comprehensive. If you have someone spend 10, 20 minutes once a week, uh, I think I think that'll be plenty. Yeah, or do it yourself. Just you know, go go write a review for the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, and as soon as you've done that, then go go look at your local market and, and write a blog post. Just do it, and mm-hmm. like I, I just it, I, yeah, that's what I have to say. This what do you have to say? So much, it just burns all my buttons. Just uh, can I hear that hear that sound of exasperation again? You did. I just can't comprehend. No, I want to hear it one more time. Do it again for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
We feel your pain, Melissa. Just, I mean, this is a simple one, right? As you're sitting there hurting right now, you've got to make sure the guests that are coming are getting the information they need, that, that you're setting the expectations appropriately. Because the only way you're going to dig yourself out of this hole is making sure that every guest that comes and stays with you right now wants to come back and wants to tell their friends about their experience. And they are not coming on vacation to sit in a hotel room. They right. want to do things on their vacation. Right. Just like, you know, they, they are probably going to restaurants in their hometown. They're probably going to the grocery store. we, we got to get over this this fact. The, the pandemic exists. It sucks. It's dangerous. It can spread. But if you travel responsibly, if you wear a mask, if you if you avoid crowded situations, you're just as safe traveling as you are in your local market. We've got to tell that story. We've got to tell everybody about the, the stories of the guests that have already stayed with us. We've got to encourage them to tell the stories of how they traveled safely. The more we can, as a, as a unified voice in the hospitality space, be telling that story, the faster travel is going to recover. It's recovering, but we can, we can accelerate that by getting people to travel safely and then tell that story. And the best influence you have on doing that is making sure they have a great, safe experience when they come. So communicating up front, setting expectations is a key piece to that. So do your job. And leave us a review. <laughs> shameless, shameless. All right. Number five. Did the property meet your expectations in the following areas? We're looking at cleanliness of common areas, cleanliness of the room, social distancing, availability of amenities, the check-in process, just general overall safety. And hats off to most hoteliers because most places apparently are meeting or exceeding expectations across the board. Just about 80% across all of these categories have been met or exceeded, which is great. Yep. The one thing that has, I'm not going to say failed, but failed more is the availability of amenities. And it's gotten worse since our last survey. We're now at 17% that voted that the availability of amenities did not meet expectations, and that is up from 12% from our last survey. I wonder if that's more, um, you know, the availability hasn't changed, but the expectation of the guest it has, where they expect the amenities to be open and accessible, and they're still not, and if that could influence this answer. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. I think, you know, expectations is is about what you've communicated to them before they arrive. So this kind of goes back to the, the last thing we're talking about where you, you've got to communicate effectively what's going on to the to the guest at every touch point you can because we don't want to surprise them right now. They have so much uncertainty in their world. They need, they need reassurance. They need consistency. They need their expectations to be set and you to deliver on those expectations. They don't need any surprises. Um, so... Yeah, doing a better job of telling them what's going on. Don't don't take that that mindset of we'll 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 deal with it when they get here. We just want them to get here, and then we'll we'll deal with the re repercussions of the pool not being open or whatever it is. That is such a short sighted view, and and you're gonna end up hurting yourself in the medium and long term by doing that. Don't just take the business because you can by being dishonest. 
be upfront, get the guests you can with the expectations set correctly. They'll be more likely to come back. They'll be more likely to have a good experience. They'll be more likely to tell their friends and you'll be more likely to get two or three or four or five more bookings as a result of that one good booking than if you have someone show up that is disappointed and then tells everyone they're disappointed and then you're going to have no new business come from that one reservation. This is about compounding and re, re um, like having people, one person turning to two people and two people turning to three people and, and so on. You've got to look at this as, as something that adds and accumulates over time, starting slowly and building up. So you've got to make sure every guest is taken care of and wants to spread the love to the next person. All right, we're skipping now to number seven. Seven, 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 seven Already seven, seven, seven. Okay, so this is the cattywampus question. <laughs> this is the third time we've asked this question. If your desired destination implements a mandatory face mask ordinance, how will this impact your travel plans? Three times we've asked this question, and all times the graph has continued to completely change. This time, it's almost nearly split across all three categories. Either decision would be unchanged, I would be less likely to travel there, or more likely to travel there. So what's interesting is that those voting that they would be more likely to travel there is at 35% on this round. It is the same as it was a month ago. So what that means is if you can visualize pie chart, those two other pie pieces really change significantly. So my decision would be unchanged, went from almost 50% down to 35%. And those who would be less likely to travel is now at a 30%, and that was at 19% last time. People are getting angry about the masks again. Get over it, people. Put on a mask. It's not that big a deal. And let's travel responsibly. Here's the thing. The more we do this, and the data is very solid now at, at what level of protection it provides. Early on, it was ambiguous, but we collected so much data now that it, it is... It is 100% clear that wearing a mask can protect you and others. Just do it because the sooner we can travel safely without having massive flare-ups of COVID, the, the sooner your business is going to be back and booming. So just just put on a mask. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Just put on a mask. Just put on a mask. Oh, do you not yeah. want to talk about my age comparison? Then that's going to make you even more angry. I'll go for it. All right. So 43. 43 43% of people in the younger group, so again, this is Gen X and younger, would be less likely to travel with an ordinance in place versus 23% of those in the older group. All right. Despite the fact I'm in that younger group because I'm a Gen Xer, I want to shake my fist at them like an old curmudgeon right now. That's just being rude. It's just mm. rude. Yeah. Protect I, your grandparents. Yeah. Just do it. Just yeah. And I mean, protect people, protect our industry, protect, you know, society as a whole, your community. It, it, it's inconvenient. There's a lot about COVID that's been inconvenient. This is not one of the bigger ones. Just put on a face mask and just stop being silly. All right. Continue. Number eight. eight, 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 eight. 
This is our favorite little word cloud. What is the first word that you think of when considering travel now? This chart just doesn't change a whole lot. Safety is still the big giant elephant in the room or pig or some other animal. It's big. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say this is the big pig in the room. <laughs> it's not quite as big as an elephant. It's big. It's not a gorilla, <gasps> elephant. Nope. Big pig in the room. We Does the pig have, have lipstick? It's still or a pig. <laughs> oh, ironically or coincidentally, I guess, in this particular word cloud, safety is actually in yellow. So it's cautionary and it's a color, which is, I think, awesome. Uh, anywho, mask and masks, those are back again. Scary, risky, dangerous, all there again. But freedom is back. We lost freedom for a bit, but that has made a return this time. So that's exciting. I don't know what else to say about this one. Yeah, I want to. I want to show an animation of this over the last nine volumes to to show how it's kind of evolved. And and I'm really interested to see when safety starts to diminish. You know, at some point in the future. Safety isn't going to be the number one word associated with, with travel. Um, it's going to be overtaken by something else and hopefully something more positive. But I, I, don't, I just don't know when that's going to be. I don't understand, going back to the mask question that we're not talking about anymore, um, if so many people don't want to wear masks, how can safety still be the primary word that they're thinking of? Because there's people that don't understand science and they, they think that masks don't offer any safety to anyone. These people just need to read an actual science journal and st stop paying attention to fake news. In the, in the next iteration of this, I think we need to separate this word cloud from the mask question. Uh, put it you know in a different spot of the survey. Just so we don't. You think it's get legal? people in that? Yeah, I, I feel like you know putting it right there um, is maybe influencing it a bit. Well, they're not they're not in that order in in the way they are. <laughs> Melissa wonkies up the order when she publishes this. Then oh, okay. the those are the last two, the two word cloud ones are the last two that we ask. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm wrong. Well, it might have an influence. We've primed them. You know, it might not be right before. So. Potentially, I, I will say that mask didn't show up in the word until cloud we until we started asking the mask thing. So your theory is is a valid hypothesis. All right, moving on to number nine. This is a old timey question: Which of the following would most likely persuade you to book a future vacation during the outbreak? We've asked this one since day one of our survey, and I'll, the flexibility to change my dates without penalty is always at the top. It's still at the top. Over 70% say that. What's more interesting to me on this particular round of the survey is what is in last place, which is I could not be persuaded to book a trip right now. We at are down to 16%. Now, is that equal lowest? Have we had lower than that? That is the that is equal to the lowest we've seen. Yeah. I mean, that means 84% so, of people could be persuaded to travel right now. 
that that's that's great news for our industry. You you couple that with the fact that the majority of people have traveled, eighty something percent of people would be persuaded to travel again or for the first time. You got to get out there and marketing. If you if you're someone that's pulled back on your advertising campaigns, now is the time to get spending some money, priming the pumps, hitting your email database, leveraging your social channels, really making sure that you're you're encouraging people to travel right now. In in the listening best way to again to do it. Stats. Yeah, listening to us. The best way to encourage people to travel is to show them other people that have always already traveled. Take photos and videos of your guests that are coming and having a great experience traveling responsibly and safely, pushing that out on social media, encouraging them to share it, using tools like Flip2 to share their stories and turn your guests into advocates. That is the best kind of marketing you can be doing right now. People have uncertainty, they're unsure, they're fearful. Showing them that other people are doing this using that concept of social proof that other people are doing it so they're more likely to do it is the most powerful weapon you have right now. So get out there taking photos, taking videos, having guests submit their stories and use that in your marketing campaigns. Show people that it's safe to travel. If we keep telling people responsible travel is safe, responsible travel is safe, we're going to have a heck of a lot better fall than we will if we don't. So get out there, spread the word. Just a sidebar on this question. So our number two and number three responses have been jockeying for a long time and they just keep flipping back and forth. So discounts on my stay right now is in the number two spot, but it's just barely in the number two spot about uh, above the reassurance of what the property is doing about extra sanitizing. Those two, they just, they flip-flop pretty much on each round of the survey so that's where we are right now and they're they're never really far away from one another no, either it's just like very, this very they're close. only a few percentage points yes no. and, and i think that's one of those stats that i watch carefully because i think when there starts to be clear separation from those two in that that money the the promotions and specials starts to to edge towards the number one spot that's when we we know we're really in the clear when people are really confident about traveling again so well, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see. I mean, we may see the distance between uh, discounts and sanitization uh, grow a little bigger, but I don't think anything's going to overtake flexibility to change dates without penalty. Because to me, that seems like something that's very, you know, very useful. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, I think that's something that would reassure people that they should be traveling. It it is, but it's it's more valuable now because of the the unknown, right, and the risk associated with it. But I mean, look at look at what airlines have done, and, and even hotels have done with prepaid stay options for for years, right? It's there's a trade off between flexibility and price. And prior to COVID, I would always book like if I was traveling for business. Occasionally it would get canceled, but 99% of the time it was it was going to go through. So I would do a prepaid stay that saved a bit of money. Or my flights, you know, would often be the prepaid non-refundable flights versus the the slightly higher price. So I think I think there's always going to be this trade-off of value and price 
related to flexibility. Right now, it's just we don't know if there's going to be an outbreak. We don't know what our financial situation is going to be like. We don't know what our health is going to be like. There's a lot of things that are outside of our control that could affect the stay. So that's why flexibility is a premium right now. But I think we will eventually get back to that point. It might take a little while, but at some point, there's going to, that price is going to be more important than, than the flexibility, I think. All right, moving on to number 10. Have you already booked your future stay? Overwhelmingly, no. 67% said no. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity out there. Go get them. Yeah, and th this is a question we might need to stop asking because more and more people have traveled, you know, or, or segment it to only people that haven't traveled. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that don't have a booking. You know, if we know 84% of people are willing to, to, to travel, we know 50% of people have already traveled, but maybe are willing to travel again. We know that this stat, all of that coupled together tells me you got to be out there. You got to be marketing yourself. All right. On to number 11. 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. Now, this one is sort of the opposite of how I feel about the mask and the whole people not communicating about amenities. Like this is this is good news. Pick the top three reasons that would prevent you from staying at a hotel right now. Oh, yeah. This 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 question alone is worth a review just for us revealing the answer to this question. <laughs> Number one still continues to be fear of other guest interactions, but it's under 35% of people saying that, and that is down from previous versions. Mm -hmm. is, is it other people or other guests? Other guests. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the number two position is nothing is preventing me. 30% of people said nothing is preventing me from traveling right now. Yep. How awesome is that? Yeah, that's great. I mean, that was, that was such a low number at one point, you know, that it's, this is just good news after good news after good news in this, this study. And like we said, this was before Labor Day, I think, and we'll serve, we'll serve the next one, um, this upcoming week, right? So what date, probably around the, I don't know. Where are we today? So probably the 17th, we'll, we'll send out the next survey of September. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see even more positivity. I think there's nothing but good news coming out related to transient leisure travel. And if you're, you're able to capitalize on that, you're going to be in okay shape going through the rest I, of the year. I think the, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was you know, the, the age of the respondents of this survey skews a little bit older. And yeah. pe even people who are a little bit older are now saying nothing is preventing them. So that's just all around we're, we're seeing, you know, fear reduce and people people are ready to travel. Yeah. And it, it goes back to my, I, I say this all the time, this, but it's worth repeating, is about the going to the grocery store. And the first time you do it, how scared you are and how everyone is a threat and you're real timid and nervous and hyper alert and your um, fight or flight mechanism in your brain is, is really active. But by the 10th time you do it, you're, you're not, you know, the second, the third, the fourth time it, it diminishes each time. So it's going to be the same with travel. It's, it's the same with eating at restaurants. You know, there, there were people that wouldn't ever eat at restaurants and then they, they finally did. And now they do it regularly. It's once you've kind of cracked the seal, 
you're more willing to do something a second time. And that that's why if you couple all this stuff together, we keep talking about this. We know that people are willing to travel. We know that people are willing to take shorter trips. We know that they're willing to drive to closer locations and stay shorter durations. We know that they're willing to do that on a whim, not necessarily plan it. You have the ability through marketing, through messaging, through advertising to to reach these people and convince them to come and stay. And the ones that you can do the best job to are the ones that have already done it because they might take two or three small trips this year instead of one big trip. Maybe they can come back to your hotel two or three times during the fall, but you got to make sure you deliver on the experience when they do come so that they'll do that. And hopefully next time they'll bring their friends with them or they'll tell their friends about it. It's, this is, this is back to basics marketing, like do provide great service and then in the good old fashioned word of mouth, that is going to, what is going to be what sees you through this. I do want to point out, um, the younger group of respondents and their responses because their top choice was that nothing is preventing me. Number one, mm-hmm. nothing's preventing me. Number You're two, reckless. <laughs> number two was budget concerns. Yeah. And number three is people saying they have already traveled. So let's rephrase the question. We asked them, what's preventing you from staying in a hotel right now? And their top three concerns are not concerns. They're not afraid yeah. of anything. Not COVID-related concerns. Yeah. And we know the budget's adversely affected the the younger generations disproportionately to, to other people. They're the ones that probably will let go faster financially they're probably more impacted so that makes sense right and we know that they were the first to travel the younger people so that makes sense as well so yeah absolutely if you're limited on budget go target people with especially younger people make sure it's great offers great value but these people are willing to travel if they can go get them all right number 12 During the outbreak, I would like to hear from hotels on the following topics. This has been asked on every survey that we've done. Still at the very top, people want to know what the property is doing to protect guests. Over 50% said, yep, sign me up for that. Number two, packages and specials. Not too far behind, looking about 47%, followed by how the coronavirus is affecting the local area. Dun, dun, dun. Just reinforces everything we've already said. You know, it's it's, it's great. All right, uh, number thirteen. 13, 13, 13, How would the following hotel protocols increase your confidence in staying in a property? We asked this on our last survey. The data was pretty consistent in their choices. Um, actually, confidence growing a little bit. I would say it's sort of like the the. Things that had no impact actually grew, so people maybe not, again, as concerned. Uh, But we're looking at leaving the room vacant for 24 hours or 48 hours or sealing the room after it's been cleaned or a deep cleaning between guests. Toiletries provided to you at check-in, the TV remote being sanitized and placed in a sealed bag, and an option to check-in via a mobile app. And by far, same as the last time, The deep cleaning wins. 68% of people said that knowing that a room has been quote unquote deep cleaned would greatly increase their confidence 
in staying in a property. 68% and 53% for the remote being in a sealed bag. Yeah, not last time we, we covered this this question, we had the, the discussion about what does that mean, right? What does deep cleaning mean? The reality is it doesn't matter what it means, right? It it means what it what the guest thinks it means. So you just need to make sure that that's the, the verbiage you're using in your marketing efforts. If you tell people that you're doing deep cleaning because you're doing extra cleaning, it's going to influence their decision. If it's reassurance they need and just seeing the words deep cleaning has that reassurance, make sure you're delivering on that. But it can mean whatever you want it to mean. It doesn't mean you have to spend an extra 10 hours per room. It just means you're going through some extra steps that you didn't used to do. This is your definition of deep cleaning. Maybe there's this fine print that, that people can read if they really want to understand what you're doing. But just make sure you tell people, hey, we are deep cleaning every room between stays. You're going to see more people book with you. Bottom line. It, it's, well, I, it's think, a- I think that's, that's definitely number one. Everybody should be talking about their deep cleaning. But if you can do multiple things that we're listing here, I think that just increases the confidence multiple times. You can deep clean the room, put a piece of tape over to seal it, provide the toiletries a check-in, you know, offer the mobile app check-in. Those type of things can go a long way. Yeah. And none of these are expensive. None of these are going to put you out of business. And every one of these could be that difference between someone not booking and booking. So put these protocols in place and then more importantly, tell people that you put these these protocols in place because it will have a meaningful impact on your business. And then go leave us a review. He <laughs> <laughs> never gets old. Well, our listeners may disagree. <laughs> well, you know what? It's their fault. They they brought it upon themselves reviews. for not leaving reviews. If they if all you leave left reviews, reviews, we'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think right. our next episode just needs to be all about the benefits of leaving a review for the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. That'll be episode one sixty four. There is a podcast dedicated to podcast reviews. Yeah, right. that's yes, that's kind of fringy. That's weird. <laughs> I wonder how its reviews are. Better than ours, I'm sure. All right, moving on. Number Mm -hmm. 16. 16, 16, 16, 16. How soon will you be willing to travel to the following types of destinations? Beach, somewhere in nature, small town, major city, ski, theme park, or foreign country. Again, um, all things moving in positive directions within one month, but small town has taken over. It's taken over the world. People want to go to small towns. 42% of people said they would be willing to go to a small town within one month. It has beat out somewhere in nature and beach destinations. Well, I think this this kind of speaks to what Stuart was talking about earlier, where um, we see the industry kind of skewing data to say that vacation rentals are what people want to stay in. Well, you know, small towns may not have many hotels or resorts and and. VRBO, Airbnb, um, that type of thing is is really all that's available there. So um, I think this 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 is this is kind of indicative of that stat. Yeah, I, I was listening to someone the other day that they talked about how heritage travel was one of the fastest growing segments. And you huh. think about it, right? We we had, we're in this weird space, especially in North America right now, where people are I think rethinking a lot of things and really looking 
at history in a very with a different lens. You've got you know all kinds of all kinds of debates and conversations going on, but one thing that's coming out of it is a is a genuine curiosity for the past. And if if you're in a small town that maybe has some historical significance or something unique about your town and you can tell that story uniquely market yourself i think you've got a good shot of getting some people right now because people are looking for unique travel experiences that they wouldn't normally have taken on that are in their own backyard so you know i, I think about my um my my wife's hometown she she grew up in a small town called Chiroa, south carolina and it, it's it's quote unquote the prettiest town in dixie it, it's really right with with civil war history um and, and regardless of what your perception is of of you know the right and the wrongs of the civil war or you know the the flags and the the fact that people are pulling down um present statues and stuff take take all the politics and and that stuff aside understanding our history is important understanding our heritage is important and this is a little town that its its main economies have almost dried up, right? It was factory work, and it used to be an old port town. So it's it's one of those little towns in America that is just it's slowly dying a, a death. But what an opportunity it would have to to build up some tourism for people that wanted to come and learn about the the history. You know, it was Sherman um, set up camp there for a while. There, there's a lot of pre Civil War buildings um, when when the um, northern armies came through and were burning down a lot of the southern towns this was a town they stopped at and said this is a beautiful town we're not going to burn down the buildings here so there's a lot of really cool architecture and history from pre-civil war which you don't get in many towns in south carolina so you know it's just one example look around your town what is the history what makes you unique what what has happened here in the past that you can turn into a story the people might want to come and explore. And if you don't have stories, maybe you have other assets. Maybe you have walking trails or hiking, you know, hiking trails or bike trails or some kind of nature walks. There's so many things that people are looking to do right now that isn't the traditional travel. It isn't, you know, going to a show and eating at restaurants. It's being out in nature and stuff like that. So this is a massive opportunity, I think, to, to really pivot as an industry and offer something unique that people are hungry for. And it, it, reinforces the fact they can travel safely just do it <laughs> and leave us a review number 17. 17, 17 17 17 another word cloud complete the following sentence i will travel when still 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 people say feel safe mm -hmm. this in pink it's not in yellow Can sorry i didn't set the colors but yeah <laughs> You couldn't see them anyway. It's fine. I wouldn't. I'm colorblind. They all look the same. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's about safety. It's it's going to be about safety. It's going to be vaccine. It's going to be when when they feel like there's no danger, that's when they're going to travel. Um, but people are now are, are getting to that point where they feel like the risk and the reward has has hit a tipping point to where they're willing to take a small risk because the risk is more known it's more controllable and the reward is greater because they've been cooped up for so long and, th and that's only going to continue to tip in the favor of hospitality so a lot of really good positivity came out of this this study it puts me in a better mindset i think we've been doom and gloom for so long in our industry and you know we still are in a lot of segments like i said at the beginning business travel is not going to be back meaningfully for a while groups is is going to 
be very, very soft for a lot, for quite some time. But if you have the opportunity to target tra- leisure travelers, short, close in, um, short stays, that those are the kind of trips that people are taking and will continue to take through the fall and into the winter. And there you have it. Well, we did have one more question. We do? Yeah. What number are we on? Is number what? That was 17. All right, number 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. If you listened to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast for, for and heard the nine issues of their sentiment study and all the other episodes that give you great tactical advice every week, week in, week out, the countless hours that these fuel organs put into this show just to bring you this information every single week, would you leave them a review on Apple Podcasts? What percentage of people would do that? Apparently 1%. It, it's not even, right? So hopefully we can increase that percentage before the next episode. I, I would love to see the number of reviews grow. We'll read them out on the show. You'll get famous. Feel free to put a question in there if you want to. And don't forget, if you do leave a review, to put the accent in which you would like Pete to read that out. He, he does a splendid uh, array of different accents, and I can't wait to hear them. He did a horrible British accent last week. He did, but if you go back and listen to one of my favorite episodes we ever did where um, we talked about the if your, if your website was like, or if your call center was like your website. One of my favorite did, episodes. It was one of mine too. It was, um, he did a splendid fancy pants hotel English accent in that one, I believe. So I think was it was called fancy pants hotel. Yeah, exactly. So good stuff, Melissa. Well, we'll we look forward to the volume 10 of this study that will be coming out in a few weeks. I'm sure it'll have more interesting, positive news, but, if you Did guys you think that when we put out the very first one that we would still be doing this six months later? <laughs> uh, no. no, I didn't know we'd do so many of these. Um, but I think, you know, honestly, I, I feel like it's made a difference in a lot of people's lives in this industry. I, I think the, the value that has been created from this data, I talk to people every single day that tell us or tell me how valuable this this data and these insights have been to them and, and their strategies as they try to recover so yeah I, I had no idea i mean it was something we kind of talked about doing and then it just sort of happened right and and i appreciate all the work you and the team have put into it because i really do think looking back uh, you know once we're through this and we look back at the influence we had in a small little way in in our little corner of this industry i think it's going to be one of the proudest things I think I've ever been involved with here at Fuel in the 20 years I've been here. So it's, it's, it's great. And we'll continue to do it as much as, you know, as long as people continue to listen to the show, to, to read the articles, and as long as they continue to leave reviews for our podcast on Apple, uh, we'll continue to do it. So, yeah, I had no idea. But we'll keep doing it, and one day we'll be through this, and we'll still be doing sentiment studies, and we'll be focused more on regular stuff again. And we can all hope and pray that day comes quickly. Yes. All righty. Well, that's another great episode. We, we, I think Pete has an episode planned for us next week, so you can all look forward to that. He is out this week on his annual man trip, so hopefully he comes back uh, in one piece. Those are the kind of trips that, as you get older, they get a little harder each year, so... Hopefully he'll be recovered by next week. 
but we'll look forward to that. And um, please do go leave a review. And if you have any questions, you have any topics you need help at with anything at all related to your recovery, we love to help people. We love to solve people's problems. Um, go to our website, check out the tools and the services we offer. We've got a kick-ass mobile app that a lot of people are benefiting from right now with their mobile check-ins and, and keyless entry and guest communication during COVID. Um, our booking engine is the best in the industry. You will get better conversion, especially on mobile if you convert to that. We've got a kick-ass CRM, and we offer all kinds of marketing services too. So if you're interested in any of that, just go over to fueltravel.com or shoot us an email info at fueltravel.com and melissa if they want to learn more about you they want to ask you any questions about this survey where can they do that i am on twitter at ma kavanaugh m-a-k-a-v-a-n-a-g-h or i am happy to chat with you on linkedin with more than 140 characters <laughs> and oh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. The show notes for today's show at fueltravel.com slash podcast, and you click on episode 163. And we actually had a listener point out that we had messed up episode 160, which was the uh, SEO episode that we did a little while ago. We neglected to post the the uh, show notes to that on our website, so we, oh. we we corrected that problem. And now, for those folks that were looking for that, it is now available on fueltravel.com/slash/podcast. Click on episode one sixty. So that person that. should leave us a review. That person should. That that person was Lori, and she she left us that that nice note telling us. But you know what? Now we we helped her out. We gave her that episode. We gave her the show notes. What? What do you think she should do? I think she should leave us a review. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> if the, the content was valuable enough to actually go look for the show notes, clearly it's worth a review. I think so. I think I think we're definitely worth a review or two. You know, we're going to have so much egg on our face if oh, no one leaves so reviews. Awkward. It's going to be really awkward. Okay. I, don't, I, I, I have confidence in the Fuel Nation. Those people listening right now, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. I believe in them. And if they don't, we'll just have to make fake ones up. Then it'll be fine. <laughs> we would never do such a thing. No, we didn't. We would not. We would not do that for our clients, nor would we do that for ourselves. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Yeah, like I, I just... Yeah, that's what I have to say.